sisters. Amanda, all right, should we introduce ourselves? Yes, please. All right, well, welcome to Conspiracy Sisters. My name is Taryn. And I'm Amanda, and I didn't do my homework this week. Didn't? I didn't. Okay, so let me tell you, I have reasoning. Let me explain to you. You scared me. <laughs> what about what? You scared me out of doing my homework. What? Yes, you were like, oh, Scientology is such a huge topic. There's so much I haven't even scratched the surface. And I'm like... Where uh, I don't know where to start. I don't understand. So I'm just going to let you tell me. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I will talk to you this week. Next week, <laughs> you can fill in the blanks. I will tell okay. you exactly what you need to go over that I didn't. Okay. Thank we you. Can thank trade. you so much. That's you perfect. Because I, I wanted this to be like a two-part episode. So uh, that's easily. perfect. Yeah. I feel that's like we what can I talk about this for fucking hours. I know. I was um, trying to listen to the last podcast on the left. They have a few episodes about it, but they have like four, like two hour long episodes of it. Dude, and I'm like, I don't have could... time. There's <laughs> so much. There's so much information. Like, oh my God. And honestly, this is essentially just like a recap of Wikipedia. Okay, um, cool. Like I, oh my goodness. I have several recommendations for like what you can really deep dive into next week, but honestly we can make it however many parts you want. Um, so, um, well, let me, um, I would like to record again before next week, like before next Tuesday. Okay. Um, do you want to do it like Thursday then? And you can do your part Thursday. Yeah, I can do that. Okay. okay. So I have two, two days to get it done perfect because i i just want to get it done because i don't like doing this whole last minute thing like we're actually recording right now it is tuesday and i'm going to release it today so it's kind of hectic trying to get it all done it all in one day right well i'll try to make this pretty concise i mean there's a lot to it but i mean it's pretty convoluted the way that i have it all put together is like kind of pc but um essentially i went over like what their weird fucking beliefs and like their (laughs) history story is i also did kind of a deep dive on l ron hubbard and his life which once you kind of understand what that is and what that timeline is you can kind of follow along with like everything else um and you know like how the religion and like his company like the business aspect of it and their relationship with politics and the government like it kind of all falls into like that same timeline and then I also there's like a whole fucking page on their tax status and tax evasion um which yeah is pretty um infuriating (laughs) Uh, it's also really shady and like not totally understood. So those are like the three main topics of Scientology that I went over. So, um, I mean, honestly, like their practices are really interesting, like auditing and like the Sea Org and, you know, like what they're expected to do and learn. Yeah. Um, like the, I mean, I'll explain kind of a little bit more in detail, but I think you'll have plenty of topics that you can (laughs) research in the next 48 hours. Awesome. Um, I'm glad you're not super mad at me. I was just, I had a lot of things going on this week and 
I'll get into it later. Um, but I was listening to the last podcast on the left, and their first episode is all about just L. Ron Hubbard. And yeah. I'm like, like, I didn't even get halfway through to, through it, and I'm like, we still haven't even gotten to the fucking Scientology part. Right? Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Like, this yeah. is going to take forever. I mean, it was funny and it was entertaining, and he's an odd duck, but um, definitely, yeah. I'm like, I'm never going to learn. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to catch up with whatever Taryn's learning about, but I didn't Dude, actually like, sit down at a computer. I mean, I feel like, too, you can, you know, just listen to him, like, double time, <laughs> you know? I usually right, listen to mine at 1.5, so they're they talking talk really so quickly. You can absorb so much information when they're talking faster. I or cannot. maybe I'm just absorbing half the information. I don't know. I also feel like I talk at 1.5 speed anyway. So. You do talk very fast. I talk really fast too. I wonder why this is. Why are we I like just this? have a lot to say. <laughs> um, all right. So their belief story. Let's let's begin with that. Um, so L. Ron Hubbard was a, a science fiction author. And he wrote a book called Dianetics. And... Um, the story goes that Xenu was the ruler of a galactic confederacy 75 million years ago. The confederacy consisted of 26 stars and 76 planets, and it included Earth, which at the time was called Tegiak. Sure. Their planet, the planet that Xenu is from, was incredibly overpopulated. It had an av- the um, average planet in this confederacy had 178 billion inhabitants. Not sure what size the planets are. Maybe they're bigger than ours. Right. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> they were comparable to civilizations on Earth from the 50s and 60s regarding their clothing, cars, transportation, etc., which is essentially the time that L. Ron Hubbard grew up. So he's basically basing this whole thing on his surroundings, like real right. creative. Now, are um, these, is like Xenu a human? I believe he's kind of like a god, like an overlord. Okay. Are they, do they look like people? Um, the inhabitants do, but I think Xenu is okay. kind of like, you know, think like a Greek mythology kind of god. Um, okay. so, so like Zeus, he just wants to fuck everything. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so Xenu was about to be overthrown, um, and so he tricked billions of citizens about coming to an income tax auditing meeting, which I think you reflects uh, L. Ron Hubbard's beliefs on income tax. Uh, it's trickery is essentially what he says. Um, he then paralyzed and froze them in an alcohol and glycol mixture to capture their souls. Is that how it's done? Apparently. Uh, he That's sent cool. them good to, to, uh, he sent the recipe. Them in... <laughs> yes. Sorry. There's, there's, apparently there's a, sh- a plane called a Douglas DC eight. And that's kind of what he compares their, spaceship to so Xenu then puts these beings in this spaceship and sends them to earth's volcanoes all many different volcanoes of the earth hydrogen bombs were then used to detonate the volcano simultaneously which killed most of the inhabitants on the earth it was not inhabited obviously at the time this was 75 million years ago so these were the only beings on the planet at the time i guess maybe like dinosaurs i don't know um maybe that's what happened to them oh. maybe those hydrogen bombs from, Z- bombs from xenu um <laughs> their, souls, the 
were called Satans. Um, they were captured by Zunu and forced to watch a 3D film for 36 days. Getting kind of like a Clockwork Orange vibe here. Right. Um, the movies contained religious undertones and influences. Um, he called the theaters implant stations. And they were located in Hawaii and the Canary Islands. Sounds and lovely. I feel like well, and I feel like 75 million years ago, weren't all of the continents, like, all con- What is that thing called? Like Pangea? Yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know. So, whatever. Anyway, it's a bullshit story anyway. Um, they lost their <laughs> sense of personal identity and would join in groups of a few thousand and overtake a few, the few bodies that survived this detonation. Um, so, only Scientologists were able to remove the Thetans from their human bodies. <clears throat> a government faction <laughs> called Loyal Officers finally overthrew Zenu and imprisoned him in an electronic mountain trap where he remains today. Oh, shit. He's still so alive? That, I guess. So that, it, and he, they say he's on Earth. I, I forget where it is that they say he is, but apparently Hawaii. they, yeah, I mean, it's pretty there. Apparently he still lives on in Tigiak. So this story was hidden from Scientologists until they spend like tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. There, so hopefully we'll do a little bit more <laughs> research on this because I don't really know. Like there's like this whole thing called the bridge and it's like this, like a 12 step program kind of thing where like every step you go through is like a different form of like auditing and kind of like psychiatric evaluation. And like, you know, every couple of thousand dollars you spend, you get to like the next level of the bridge. And once you reach like level 10, you're, you kind of like are supposed to be enlightened. So they tell you this story. Well, apparently it leaked like pretty recently and, you know, it was supposed to be this big, huge secret. Well, now we understand why. Cause it's like a total fucking joke. Um, right. And they I remember must, like- watching take a take it step by step and like as you progress they brainwash you more and more and so by the time you get to that final phase where they tell you this story then you're like you're in that state of mind where you're gonna believe it and you're like thousands of dollars in so you know you're kind of just like okay well i guess this is what i'm buying into (laughs) but it was pretty interesting i was watching um like the leah rimini show on a and e about scientology and um do you ever watch that i don't know Mm -mm. So she used to be a Scientologist. Her whole life, she was, like, born into it. And then in, like, 2010, 2012 or something like that, she broke away from the science or from the church, and she became, like, a defector or whatever. And Mm -hmm. now she has this whole show about people that leave the church and, like, the aftermath of it and how it affects them and their family, like, and just their lives and their, you know, emotional state and mental health. And she just kind of slanders them. Um, But, I mean, rightfully so people don't really speak out against the church because they harass them. Like I'll kind of go into it a little bit too. Um, Oh, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Now this whole story about Xenu was supposed to be a Uh secret, right? Yeah. But didn't he publish a fucking book about it? So he did. Um, It was initially (laughs) one of his science fiction novels that he published. um, And he just took like bits and pieces of it and made it like the story of Dianetics is kind of what I gathered. Um, So yeah, it's like based on like some of his other stories as well. So um, 
Anyway, it was really interesting, this episode that Leah Remini was interviewing someone who had broken away from the church. And they were like, you know, I finally got to whatever, level 10 or whatever. And they told me the, what are they, the origin story. And she was like, are you kidding me? Like, I worked so hard and this is what I worked for. Like, this is a fucking joke. Like, this is a story. Like, this is ridiculous. But then it's also kind of like, you know, Greek mythology and, I don't know, the Bible. You can kind of also look at them as, like, a fantastical joke as well. But for some reason, it's just widely accepted. So it's not that far-fetched that people are believing right. a literal science fiction novel. It's I mean, just that's essentially what the Bible is. Like, they <laughs> right. literally come out and say these are aliens from another planet. But right. it's, it's just like, as much of a joke. Yeah, it's like, well, who's to say that, like, angels aren't aliens? Right. Um, so, anyway, I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Well, you know how they but... describe angels in the Bible, right? How? I don't know. Well, they always arrive and they say, fear not, because they're covered in eyeballs. They're just, like, huge <laughs> and glowing. They have too many wings. They're, like, fucking frightening. And they come down they're from like the sky. They're, like, radioactive angels. Yeah. They come down from the sky, and they say, the first thing they always say to people is, fear not. And it's like, that makes me afraid. I'm leaving now. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, that sounds like a fucking alien to me. <laughs> huh. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would be fearful. I'd be definitely shitting my pants. <laughs> Oh my god, how scary. Yeah. Um fear not. <laughs> well, now I'm definitely scared. <laughs> um all right. So, let me tell you a little about L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. He was born March 13th, 1911 in Nebraska. His dad was in the Navy, so he traveled to Asia and throughout the South Pacific during his childhood. I feel like this was definitely an influence for his later at um um, acquisition of like the Sea Org and he actually ends up joining the Navy himself um, he enrolled in George Washington University for college um, he went for engineering but he dropped out after two years uh, during this time he began writing short stories for his school newspaper selling science fiction novels in the early 30s and he married his first wife who had two children with him uh, in 1938 he underwent a dental procedure where he reacted poorly to the medication and had a near death experience oh during this time he was inspired to write a manuscript that would be the beginning idea of Dianetics. Um, he became a Navy officer during World War II for two ships, both of which he was kicked off of. I don't know. There was a lot to read. I didn't really go into why. I can only <laughs> imagine. Um, in 1945, he moved to Pasadena with Jack Parsons, who was the founder of Jet Propulsion. Um, they were both interested in the occult, including Thelema, which was, if you remember, oh, Alistair Crowley's religion. Yeah. So um, I can kind of see how these two weirdos would be friends. Um, <laughs> He left his wife and kids to be with his second wife in 1946 and when he moved to Hollywood. Um, oh, in the late nice. 40s, he – oh, that's only the second of his three wives. In oh, the shit. late 40s, he wrote Dianetics and tried to sell the idea to universities. Um, they mostly rejected it, calling them uh, psychic powers and saying that it was, like, fictional. Um they said that people remember every experience, whether they're conscious or not. And he said that once you can recall, um, once you can recall these memories through auditing, um, you will become clear. Which I don't know if you've ever heard that term, like going clear. It's the name of the documentary about Scientology, oh. and it means that you like reach the highest level of the bridge. And it essentially says, that, uh, "Hang on, I have a thing in here about it." Um. 
I'll get to it. There's a definition of going clear in here somewhere, I swear. Um, this is supposed to be, uh, like, chronological, so I'm trying to stick with, like... Okay, you're um, fine. All right, so... Let's see. You did more homework than I did, so... Oh, here we go. Being in a state of clear means that you have a perfectly functioning mind, improved IQ, and a photographic memory. You are cured of all physical ailments, um, from poor eyesight to colds. Hubbard thought that these were all in your head, and you can cure yourself by believing it so. Which I kind of can see, like, placebos or whatever, and, like, the power of positive thinking or whatever. Like, I get where he's coming from, kind of. But you can't really say that it's a proven science. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, obviously, placebos have been proven to work, definitely. If you tell well, I mean, someone if that... You're, if you're, like, wheelchair-bound or something, just imagining that you're not isn't going to make you not. Right. But those like weird mega churches claim Ugh. that they can do that. <laughs> I don't want to even think about that bullshit. Those are my favorite. Um, so by 1950, he had a small following. People described him as charismatic, having a magnetic lure. Um, he was, he compelled devotion of those around him. Um, but he also had a restless energy and he was a poor sleeper and an early riser, kind of like Tesla. One of those people who like just is doesn't he, sleep. Is he a toe wiggler? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Um, during a presentation in 1950, he was speaking to 6,000 people and <clears throat> he had like a member, uh, like a follower who he said he had audited to become clear. However, they failed to recall physics equations, which was kind of embarrassing because she was supposed to be like a physics major in college. <laughs> um, yeah, she all, um, this wasn't uh, supported due to a lack of scientific research, obviously. And um, Dianetics collapsed for multiple reasons. Uh, he was abusive to his wife. He took her to court after accusing her of communism and finally divorced her in 51. Um, he said that anyone could claim he to be a leader. He accused her of communism? What the fuck? Is that grounds for divorce? I mean, apparently, but he was, like, really afraid of communists. Um, okay. I mean, like, how can, how can she be, like, enforcing that on him if she's the only one in their the only, area doing it? The only thing I can think is that she was, like, not going along with his tax evasion or some shit. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not really sure the inner workings of their relationship. I didn't get too really much into unusual. his personal life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not um, a super fan of this guy already. No, he kind of sucks. He's definitely just super greedy asshole. Um, also, anyone can claim to be a leader in their community. It was kind of like a franchise, essentially, because he started it as a business, not as a church. So it was kind of just like, you know, you can open your own almost like a college or like training center kind of and you can teach these beliefs and almost like a therapy session is kind of like what I got from it because he worked a lot he worked pretty closely with like psychiatrists and psychologists and so um essentially anyone could claim to be a leader in this company and so there wasn't I mean, there was kind of, like, a cohesive message, but, like, they were all kind of being run differently. So, obviously, that mm -hmm. was another reason for them being shut down. Um, just kind of lack of organization. No one took him seriously in the medical community. And then he filed for bankruptcy. Um, the Board of Medical Examiners filed a lawsuit because they were practicing medicine without a license. So, I mean, I guess that'll put you out of business. Um, in 1951, he moved to Phoenix with his 18-year-old wife to be on Scientology. Um... It began as a science, not a religion, like I had mentioned before. It's more of like a therapy. Um, Dianetics is all about releasing the mind from, quote, distorting influence of engrams, which are detailed mental images of past traumatic events. Um, 
in Scientology, like versus Scientology, which is the study and handling of the spirit in relation to itself, universe, and other life. So he's kind of trying to separate Dianetics, which was like the initial program that had failed, and trying mm-hmm. to create it more as a religion. So it's not something he has to scientifically prove. Like Dianetics is more of like a medical, like psychological type practice whereas now he's trying to branch off into Scientology which is like a religion so he doesn't have to like prove that any of it is true Um, smart exactly and it's also a way that he can avoid taxes I mean why doesn't everyone start a religion clearly the biggest money maker he began he began franchising Scientology locations um, and it's even so like in the beginning it was kind of just like um like a refresh of Dianetics. He was kind of selling it as a religion, but it was more of like a life coaching session. Um, He only had about a hundred members in 1953. So that's when he decided to sell it as a religion. He essentially harassed and sued anyone who was trying to use his ideas until they all gave up and let him have the copyrights to all of these like books and short stories. um, Even if they were like published in different, you know, like magazines. Um, Really? Mm-hmm. that's so it, weird how did he they, get away with that holy they, shit he loves litigation he loves suing people it's a it's a big part of his um business model i would say um mm-hmm. so by 1957 he was making a quarter of a million dollars which is about 2.3 million dollars today from his percentage from a percentage of his franchisees wow. so i'm thinking that's like total how much he made in those like four or five years when science when he switched scientology to a religion um so in 1966 the sea org was created when he obtained a fleet of three ships um a few things about the sea org he had a pretty terrible international reputation he was peddling science fiction as fact he was teaching medical practices that weren't scientifically proven and he tried to avoid taxes everywhere he went like literally every country so he obviously faced some tension with the media politicians as well as mental health professionals um so he essentially he wanted to be on this ship because he was kind of like fleeing every like country he didn't want to pay taxes he didn't want to like settle down everywhere he went they were kind of like kicking him out like australia is just like what the fuck are you cannot tell people these things like this is just blatant <laughs> falsity um so there he i feel like he was kind of just trying what do they call it? like not nautical law but What's it called? International uh, law? No, like when you're on the waters, like not Ugh. pirate. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Marine? No, not marine. I'm getting there. Uh, help me work Aquatics. through this. <laughs> kind of. Um, I know what you're what you're talking about. So I I don't know if that has something to do with it. That it's just kind of like a pirate, like free for all, and you can just do what you want. But anyway, so. This is an eight-year voyage that he finally began in 1967. Um, He said that he had to keep moving because so many people were after him, trying to get taxes, suing him for, you know, peddling all these false, like, ideas and trying to claim that he is, like, a medical scientist. Um, He tried to establish a base in several locations, but he was always denied. These included Greece, Australia, Morocco, France, Portugal, like, literally everywhere. Um, The conditions on... The ships were terrible, and as far as I'm aware, they still are. Um, the Sea Org still exists. Obviously, they're new and different ships, whatever. Um, but the conditions were terrible. They had meager food rations in that were served in buckets. They couldn't change Ooh. their clothes for weeks at a time. Um, it was all volunteer work. They weren't making, like, any money. And no one had nautical experience, so the ships were, like, essentially falling apart. Um, 
Also, if you made any mistakes or said anything bad about the religion or L. Ron Hubbard, you were just thrown overboard. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yes, it was, like, rough. It was a rocky road. Um, Health began to – his health began deteriorating in the 70s. So um, that's when they decided to dock and create their land base in Clearwater, Florida. I don't know if you've heard anything about Clearwater, Florida, but there's a really great documentary about it. And that's, like, also another thing that you could look into. It's essentially an empty fucking city because Scientology bought out their entire downtown area and made it into, like, all of the buildings they own and they just branded them with Scientology, like signage and advertisements. But there's maybe like a handful like of people who live and work there. And other than that, their entire downtown is empty. So all the residents who live in this city are like, we used to have like a really cool downtown area with like, you know, coffee shops and restaurants and shopping and things like that. And now it's just empty because it's all owned by Scientology. All of these businesses were closed. That's and really sad. All of the people in the city who are not Scientologists just don't have a downtown area anymore. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. Cause it's like, it almost looks like a future city. You know what I mean? Cause like they buy a lot of land so that they can say that it's an investment. That way they don't have to pay taxes on it. If it's just money sitting in the bank, they have to pay taxes on it. But if they invest it into something, which I think is kind of like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of churches do that, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. They're like really great at doing it because it's not even land that they use. They don't have enough members to even go to all of these different like locations whatever so clearwater florida would be a very interesting thing to research um it's it's a fascinating town brian's brother applied for a job there and he's like it's just it's the perfect town it's like idyllic and i'm like have you heard of scientology like did you (laughs) did you not look into this sure it's pretty and it's like right on the beach but like do you know what happened there (laughs) like right it's not normal it's creepy um so um, as I mentioned, his health began deteriorating. He was in a motorcycle accident in 1973. He was a chain smoker. He was overweight. He had a heart attack. All things are kind of piling in on him. Um, he, pri- he hired a bunch of private investigators to remove any negative media from the government public files. Um, his cronies, which were members of the Guardian's office, which I get into a little bit more in detail when I start talking about their taxes, um, they harassed many hospitals and psychiatric centers for criticizing Dianetics, which I think is kind of fucked up. Um, in 1977, they burglarized the FBI and IRS. And um, I'll, like I said, I'll get into a little bit more detail about that when I go into taxes. But um, he was accused of obtaining money under false pretense in France in 1978, and he went into hiding um when they tried to arrest him so essentially from 1978 until 1986 which is when he died he was in hiding the like last 10 years of his life um he had 10 personal messengers who he kind of like used as um you know just people to keep his hands on the you know inner workings of the church while he was in hiding um Mm -hmm. and one of those people was david miscavige which um it would be a great person to look into because he's so <laughs> fucking interesting. Like I said, he's the one whose wife has been missing since 2007. Oh, right. We're not really sure what happened to her, but she has not been publicly seen. Like, I don't know. Is oh, she dead? Goodness. Who knows? Um, But then during the 80s, he traveled to the Pacific Northwest in an RV, you know, on the DL, like off the grid. He wrote a few books and he also released three albums called Space Jazz. They were um, <laughs> supposed to be a book soundtrack. What the fuck? What, the what fuck? a nerd. 
What the um, hell is a book soundtrack? Well, I don't know. Do you read it while as you... What if you're a really slow reader? I don't know. Um, anyway, <laughs> he died very underwhelmingly of a stroke in 1986, and that's that. Um, let's see. So, getting more into... God, dude, his tax evasion. Okay, so here it's also like a lot about like litigation as well, like just different um, kind of crimes that they were accused of committing and crazy shit that they did. So over the course of thirty years, between I would say like the late fifties to like the er- like early nineties, um, there was a dispute with the IRS. The church was reported to have used or planned to employ all of the following. Let me just let me just rattle off the list of crimes they've been accused of blackmail burglary criminal conspiracy eavesdropping espionage falsification of records fraud front groups harassment money smuggling obstruction of audits political and media campaigns um tax evasion theft investigations of individual irs officials as well as the investigation of more than 2500 lawsuits in an effort to get tax exemption reinstated um wow I just realized these are in alphabetical order. Um, nice. Good two, job. That really pleases me. Two <laughs> locations were granted tax exemption in the U.S. Um, I believe it was a Washington, D.C. and L.A. locations. Sure. Um, but it, it could, could be like anything. Washington State. <laughs> Um, anyway, oh, okay. they they were granted tax exemption in the U.S., but lost the status in 58 due to concerns that the church funds were being used for a private gain of Hubbard. Who would have thought? Hmm. Um, during the <laughs> 60s, Hubbard was able to avoid most of its taxes by being out at sea and making primarily untraceable cash transactions. Um he kept most of his money in his personal Swiss bank account, as well as in Panama, which is known for being easy to evade taxes. I feel like lots of very wealthy people keep their money in Panama banks. Um, Must be nice also to have s- enough money to have, like, an offshore account. <laughs> <laughs> Seems complicated. Um, it does. I just keep cash around. I just stuff it in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way. The best investment. Yeah. If I was a billionaire. <laughs> Well, and I feel like it's also like, surprise, you found like a stash of cash. <laughs> right? um, like you put on an old coat and you reach in the pocket and you're like, whoa, $3,000. Cool. Someday. <laughs> um, someday. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. How do I want to do this? I'm sorry. I, just, I feel like I just have like a bunch of fucking notes that aren't really in any type of order. Um, okay, here. I guess. All right. I'm just going to start at the top. Let's see here. Where are we? What's going on? Brian, what happened to your shirt? Did you and Kat get in a fight? (laughs) Holy shit. What happened? Oh, my God. What happened? Did she hop on your back? Mm Mm-hmm. I got her. You've got to be kidding me. Are you bleeding? No. Turn around. Oh, my God. All right. Well, be good to each other. (laughs) Is he okay? Behave out there. I don't know. He has a giant hole in his shirt. Let's see here. Um, so we also set up the United. Where should I start? That will make this easy for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you have. All right. So, like I said, Panama, Swiss banks. He had a lot of off- offshore cash. Um, so we also set up the United States Churches of Scientology Trust in 1973, in which, shockingly, he was the sole trustee. Oh, that doesn't Members sound indiv- right. Right? I feel like you should no. have at least, like, one co-trustee. 
I mean, you'd think, just in case the other one, like, dies. Um, Maybe. Members in individual church branches all gave 10% of their earnings to the trust. Whoa, that's you can quite imagine. a bit. Yup. So, during the 80s, the church overwhelmed the irs by suing it on a massive scale here are some of the things that it did they filed 200 lawsuits challenging the refusal of their tax exemption claiming that they were being discriminated against the members individual members filed over 2,300 suits um due to tax deductions for their contributions like you know when you you're supposed to be able to like write it off as a tax exemption when you contribute to the church um, they drained the litigation office's budget and resources year after year. They also filed cases against individual members of the IRS. Um, there was also they had like, like so Debbie many from accounting. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so uh, let's see. They had several Supreme Court cases. Specifically, there was one in 1989 where the court argued that money that the money that members had paid for like auditing and training um were a requirement they were called a fixed donation in exchange for services where the members argued that they were like charitable contributions therefore they should be tax exempt does that make sense right so that is the church saying you need to pay taxes on the donations you've been giving us um, because they're no. a requirement so the ch- or is the no. irs the IRS is saying okay. that they need to pay taxes on it because essentially they're paying for like a service. They're saying yeah. that you're kind of paying for like this education, this training, this like therapy. And because it is, according to the church, a quote, fixed donation. However, the members are arguing that these are charitable contributions. Therefore, they are tax exempt. But all the money is going to just this trust fund and like, I don't know, like just cash that hangs like that they put on L. Ron Hubbard's fleet. Um, so during the seven, oh, this case ended up just getting dropped in 1993 and you'll understand why once I get to the end of this story, um, pretty much all of their cases were dropped. So during the seventies and eighties, they hired many private investigators to follow the IRS agents, as well as those speaking out about Scientology. Um, they reported back about people who they thought that they were, they would be able to blackmail for like adultery, drinking problems. Um, and they also like if they were landlords, they would go to the tenants and kind of, like, talk shit about them um, to get people to, like, move out. It was crazy. So here's some of the other things that they did. The victims called this blatant harassment. They literally had missing pets. The fucking, like, Scientology was literally, like, stealing their animals from their backyards. Oh, no. How can yeah. you do that? They would That's get calls. So horrible. I know. They would get calls in the middle of the night just of, like, no like no talking just like breathing just so that like you know they're watching you um and there was another guy that said that every morning he would come out and his hose would be on like why um so so, who, who are the people committing these acts they're private investigators that the church of scientology hires and a lot of them are just like members of the church and they tell them just to follow these people around and harass them and look for like to look to dig up dirt on them so that they can kind of blackmail them um and use this and say you know hey like we have all this information about you like if you don't give us our tax exemption back you know we're gonna like release this publicly mm-hmm. um so during the 80s the church reorganized according to their executive director at the time bill franks their goal was quote Always how to get more money into Hubbard's pocket and how to hide that from the IRS. There was literally cash all over the place. There would be people leaving from Florida for Europe with bags of cash on a weekly basis. There were hundreds of banks, bank accounts. 
Wow. End quote. <laughs> um, it was reported in 1982 by Forbes that at least $200 million had been gathered in Hubbard's name. I feel like that's an understatement. Yeah. Um, but then again, I that's guess. That's like what they were able to track. And it's like in 82. I don't know what it will be worth today. Mm. Um, in 1985, the IRS started a criminal investigation against Hubbard for skimming off millions of dollars from the church and sending it overseas to hide in tax-free bank accounts. Um, he decided a year later or he died a year later, so the case was dropped, and, you know, all that money just stayed in his private account, which then trickled down into, like, the top people that run Scientology. Um, He had a few shell corporations, one of them being the Religious Research Foundation. Um, He had banks in Liberia, Luxembourg, Switzerland, just literally all over the world. Um, In the early 90s, the church had a few fronts that they used in order to influence politicians. One of these was called the Citizens for Alternative Tax System, which unfortunately the acronym is CATS. (laughs) He promoted (laughs) L. Ron Hubbard's idea of a national retail sales tax to replace the federal income tax and make the IRS redundant. Um, It gained conservative political support from people such as John McCain and Fred Thompson, and it's said to have over 3,000 members. They took out ads in USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and, of course, their own private publication, Freedom, against the IRS, which is crazy. Are you kidding me? Like, USA Today and the Wall Street Journal both fucking – they don't, like, screen their advertisements at all that this was, like, a company – funded by Scientology and it's an advertisement against the IRS. Like that just seems so strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um I mean these are like pretty major news publications. <laughs> um and they're like <laughs> peddling Scientology. The church right. repeatedly lost Supreme Court cases, so they essentially bypassed them and went straight to the IRS with negotiations in 1991. Um David Miscavige and Mark uh, Rathbun, which he, it's crazy to me. I was like reading this whole story and I did not realize he is like Leah Rimini's partner in crime in her new show, Outing Scientology. It's so oh. fucking crazy how high up he was. I had no idea. I'm like reading all this and he was like literally fucking uh, David Miscavige's like right hand man. It was crazy how much he did. Like, if I don't know, if you, if you ever have a chance to watch the show, definitely just like catch an episode. It's, fucking crazy and he's in every single episode so it's just crazy how he went from being at the very very top like second in command to now he's has a show on A&E speaking out against it um no wait what's the show called outing Scientology no it's called like Scientology and the aftermath um, okay what do you watch like it on? That. uh it's, it's on it's on Hulu Oh, okay. There's, like, several seasons now. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. And it's a lot of just, like, stories about... Like, watch some of the earlier episodes. Because some of the later... If you you can, if they're available. Because some of the later ones, like, I feel like she kind of interviews people. And they talk about, like, their stories of what happens when they leave the church. And they're always really devastating. And they're, like, just awful. Everyone, of course, has, like, their own individual story. But, like... In the beginning, she kind of explains, like, all the shady things that Scientology do. So it's more of, like, an overview than, like, a personal account. Okay. Um, so, anyway, if, if you can watch any of the earlier episodes, whatever. Um, 
Let's see here. So David Miscavige and that guy that I was telling you about from the a show, Mark Rathbun, met with the IRS commissioner, Fred Goldberg, in 1991. Now, remember, at this time, that is when they had, like, 200 fucking litigation, like, lawsuits going on mm-hmm. against the IRS. Um, so they basically bypassed all these Supreme Court cases and just went to the director of the IRS. Um, they told them that they would end litigation if they were granted tax exemption. So over the next two years, they had to prove that no individual was profiting. They, all of the members that were guilty of like those crimes that I mentioned in the beginning of this portion, (laughs) um, all of them had, um, were arrested and all of the funds that were exempt were actually going to charitable causes. So, In 1993, 153 Scientology-related entities were given exemption, as well as several other organizations, including two publishing houses. They reached an agreement in which the church would drop their litigations and pay $12.5 million to settle their previous tax debt, which is actually said to have been around $1 billion, so a fraction of what they actually owed. Um, The IRS also gave the church the right to extend the tax exemption to future branches, like locations that haven't even been opened yet, which essentially gives the church the ability to grant itself further tax exemptions and to decide which of its activities do and don't need to be taxed, which I'm sure are none of them. Um, Like, I don't know, but remember when I was telling you about all of those fucking... Um, private investigators and shit that were looking after the IRS um, yeah. and their personal lives. I feel like they must have dug up some serious fucking dirt. To, like, it goes on. The agency agreed to send foreign governments a description of, like, a, quote, description of the Scientology religion written by the church but printed on IRS letterhead to inform the foreign governments that the U.S. government had found Scientology to be a, quote, organized and operated exclusively for religious and charitable purposes. Um, Is that legal to use the IRS's letterhead <laughs> without they, their knowledge? Like, no, no, no. That seems it, like it... No, no, no. It is. It is in their knowledge. The IRS agreed to this. All of these oh, things shit, the really? IRS agreed to. Yeah, dude, this was part of their... They said that they would drop all 200 cases of litigation with the Supreme Court, with the IRS, all this shit... They wow. agreed to drop all of those cases if they if the IRS would do would agree to these terms. So these are all things that the IRS agreed to. Um, also, every other religious entity is required to disclose financial information, and Scientology is not. They essentially just like don't get audited anymore. And I just but feel isn't like, that what... like their thing? <laughs> is okay. Auditing? So fun fact, like I have so many recommendations of shit that you can like waste your time watching so there's a show called the patriot act with hassan minaj and last week's episode was about um like um tax returns it was a very very interesting episode it's like 20 minutes long and i still um, haven't gotten my tax refund that's insane i cannot believe that i thought you got it months ago um Oh, oh ari hasn't gotten his either what did you file them at the same time yeah that's crazy uh huh um, 
Well, okay. So this episode will definitely make you infuriated. So one of the things that they say is one of the things that he talks about is that the IRS is very obviously short on funds, which is kind of ironic. Aren't they supposed to be in charge of like finances and taxes and where the tax dollars go? I don't know. Maybe that's just the assumption that I had. Um, But apparently they're so short on funds that the cost that it would take for them to investigate, like, I don't know, say Scientology or just like anyone, you know, worth a lot of money, like the top 1% of people, they're the ones I feel like that are evading the most taxes, but it costs a hell of a lot more for them to research and investigate someone with all of those types of finances compared to like you or me, you know what I mean? So in order to like meet their quotas of how many things they have to research and the amount of money they're given to do this every year, like the budget that they're given, that's why small businesses and individuals who are like, you know, missing out on a couple hundred dollars of taxes in a year, it's like, they're the ones that get audited because it's easier. It's cheaper. It looks like they're doing more. Um, you know, like, Oh, you know, we audited this many people this year, but it's like, they're not really people that are evading large chunks of money. Right. Um, I feel like usually uh, it's like an accident or it's like, I didn't claim my tips. Like, (laughs) right. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Um, right. So, um, I feel like that's another reason why they're just like, fuck it. They spent so much time. Um, oh my God, I get into it. There's a little bit more that I go into. Okay. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm almost done. All right. No, you're fine. I love it. I'm super into it. I love how it goes. It's all over the board, dude. They, it's they got are like involved. In it's s- got tax evasion. It's got the IRS. <laughs> it's got fucking El Hubbard. Oh my God. Dating too many right. women. Right. Space jazz. Um, let's see so here are Hubbard's thoughts on the IRS he characterized (laughs) income tax as an alien mind implant left over from Xenu's genocide Xenu tricked citizens into thinking they were coming in for tax audit when he sent them to earth so it's you know like trickery Uh the church argues that what it calls the IRS campaign was prompted by a conspiracy instigated by psychiatrists opposed to Scientology. So what he's saying is that he thinks, you know, scientists and people in the medical community are the ones that are going after him. Okay. Um, I need to, I need a minute to process that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So I, all right. Is the IRS just in the United States? Yes. Okay. So, why didn't Xenu implement this in other countries, according um, to Hubbard? I don't understand. Oh, no. I, I have no idea. I mean, those first two points were just kind of like, I guess, the beginning. Like, how taxes have been shady throughout okay, all okay. humankind. Um, I thought but- you were saying that he was trying to make it seem like Xenu was in control of the IRS. <laughs> Oh, um, no, no, no. Sorry. That was like a separate point. Um, okay. Okay. The that fact that psychiatrists were trying to like throw them under the bus, like that was like a separate point unaffiliated okay. with Xenu. Um, Zenu. so 
let's see, the Church of Scientology's accountant, Martin Greenberg, told a meeting of Scientology officials in 1970 that he had purposefully made it difficult for the agency to audit the church. IRS agents were given at least two million documents jumbled up in a random order with the intention, according to Greenberg, of making the IRS's examiner so overwhelmed that he would give up and accept Scientology's version of the facts. Oh, my God. I'm getting that's some Mueller report Greenberg, feelings here. That's when Greenberg is supposed to fucking hire a team of people to help him organize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you don't just let them get away with it. Did it oh, work? No, Green, Greenberg was uh, the Church of Scientology's account. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, Are you for real? Another, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, they don't pay taxes. Um <laughs> I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around this. Like, oh, here's a million pages all jumbled up. Good luck. And it's like, yeah, well, I don't yeah. I don't feel like doing my job today. So we're just going to let you not pay taxes. I mean, yeah, like, that they just, just doesn't like, seem right to me. They ran out of resources. They ran out of funding. They literally just gave them the runaround. They had hundreds of locations that they were supposed to be, like, looking into. All these different people. Years and now, years of income. They, it's like... If they were to be taxing them this whole time, they wouldn't have run out of resources. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean... It's a vicious knows? circle. Like, like, do the work, and then the tax money that you get from Scientology can go to paying for that work that was done. Like, what the mm-hmm, fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the yeah. issue is. So instead, why am I the only this? one who understands how businesses are supposed to function? I don't understand. I mean, he, I feel like, has a really great idea. Like, if dad no, didn't I mean, have to pay taxes. Yeah. I mean, this Hubbard dude and Greenberg and everybody, like, they, yeah, they are doing great. They're doing it very wisely, but it's all shady. Like, I don't know. I, I look any every fucking company I work for. It's just like, these are the things that are wrong with this place. This is what you need to do to fix it. And it's just like, like, no one ever listens to me. It's just so fucked up. Like, why can't why can't they see what the issues are from the inside? I just don't understand. I mean, I'm making it seem like it's a simple fucking fix, but maybe I'm completely wrong. I don't know anything about this. I feel like at this point it had become such a huge organization and they had like so many funds coming from all different countries, different resources. He had so many things he was selling, not just like his auditing and his classes and his training, but also books and albums and, you know, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, just so much ridiculous, the Sea Org, like so right, many no, different if things. he's selling books and selling albums, what, is that taxed? Because that's still income. Um, I'm, I don't really know like what specifically is and isn't taxed. Um, I, I feel, feel like, like he probably got away with it without, I feel like they taxes. don't pay. And I feel like they probably don't pay any property taxes. That's why they keep buying property and saying that it's part of like a charitable organization or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see when another Scientology church faced an audit in 1972, this was before the deal was made. The deal wasn't made until like 93. So this was before their like perpetual tax exemption. Greenberg, the Scientology financier, advised the staff to, quote, give the IRS agent a bunch of records in a box in no semblance or order to place the agent in a dark, small, out-of-the-way room to refuse to give practical assistance like locating records and to notify petitioner's guardian office immediately of the agent's presence. 
End quote. The scheme <laughs> proved effective, and the two-year effort by the IRS to audit the church's finances between 71 and 73 ended in failure. Um, Good job, guys. Good job, yeah. IRS. They gave it their best shot for two fucking years. Um, well, I mean, they failed. Let's see here. So, my last portion is espionage. All right. So, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, the Guardian Yay. office... AKA the office of special affairs was headed by Mary Sue Hubbard, which was his third wife. Okay. It was a department of science in Scientology that specializes in public relations, pursuing investigations and legal affairs. The guardian's office ordered followers to quote, bring the government and hostile philosophies or societies into a state of complete compliance with the goals of Scientology. This is done by high level ability to control and in its absence by low level ability to overwhelm introvert such agencies control such agencies. Many, they had many operations to obstruct blackmail and spy on the IRS they had some fun names operation random harvest operation paris and operation juicy clanger so (laughs) these operations sought to reveal background and criminal activity on irs politicians and celebrities um in 1975 they were able to use the freedom of information act to obtain 10 feet of paper which is 30,000 pages and it included information on the church and um l ron hubbard they basically they stole all of this information they stole all of this paperwork they used the freedom of information act to like get the paperwork to their lawyer and then they broke into his office and stole all of it so they could get to the bottom of like who was slandering l ron hubbard in the church of scientology they wanted to know who was like throwing them under the bus and like talking about all these purchases and all the money that they have Mm-hmm. Um, there were secret burglary plans. <laughs> uh, secret burglary plans were left in a parking lot in 1977. Oops. And found by an attorney who handed them over to the IRS. They then raided their Washington and LA locations, resulting in the arrest of 11 members, including his wife, Mary Sue. Well, that's so, just careless. Yeah, no shit. I agree. Oops, I left the notebook. In the parking lot. Unbelievable. All of our plans. Step one. (laughs) You know? Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. So, um, I mean, I know that was really jumbled and I feel like kind of out of order, but I hope that gives you a good overview as to, like, how fucking shady this organization is. Once you do some research and realize how poorly they treat their members, I gave you just a little Mm. taste with the Sea Org. Once you realize, like, they literally keep people, like, in, um, um, like, isolation for months on end. Like, yeah, like, they, it's crazy the way that they treat their people and if you watch any of the like Leah Remini episodes or I mean anything like that like you'll realize like it's very abusive and especially like the Leah Remini show is definitely more about like modern day Scientology um like you know starting in like the 90s and early 2000s when um Miscavige is the leader he is known as being like so abusive like he has been said to like strangle people he is like um he was known to be like physically abusive with his wife like he is just a fucking hardcore psychopath and I mean it's 
I don't know. It's really crazy. Um, he's just a piece of shit. And obviously they're still evading taxes to this day. Um, but I had a stream of consciousness and I wrote it down. You don't have to put this in there, but I'm going to read it. No, I want to know. How is it that a cult can get people to behave how they want and willingly fork over cash without thinking twice, but our government can't get their own employees to behave like they work for the people? Does the U.S. need to run its country more like a cult? Why are these members so generous and willing to give up what little they have for their blind faith when government programs are shown to help people in need why is it that these are so difficult to fund there's a lack of greed among everyone aside from those on top is it because we have so many more people at the top in our own society compared to um scientology why aren't citizens more willing to help in a meaningful way when these people so readily give up all of their freedoms for an off-the-wall belief (laughs) that's an excellent point i like that i'm glad you read that to me it's just so um, weird, like, because it's so much more logical. And, I mean, I know Scientology is such a small scale. Like, they act like they own and have so many members because there's, like, a couple celebrities that they can brag about. Um, but I just feel like why is it that they're so able to control what people think and how people behave? Because I feel like they do have, like, kind of a good message, like, you know, like, about saving the planet and, like, just being a good person or whatever. But I feel like they are expressing it in a very, like, poor manner. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, strangling people probably isn't the best Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, the people at the bottom who are, like, volunteers, like, I feel like they're trying to, like, save the planet was, like, their whole thing, you know, like, Mother Earth, like, I don't know. I didn't really go into, like, their, like, belief system other than their origin story, but, I mean, like, I guess apparently they're, like, super nice people, but, like, the people at the top, of course, are just so fucking greedy and crazy. I mean, that Um, sounds reminiscent of our society. Um, it does and uh, well i know that like a lot of people comment on the way trump is running things and like you know the people who really hardcore support him and how that's kind of culty but it's like i feel like if he demanded that they pay him money they wouldn't you know like oh if you if i mean it's one thing to buy a ticket to go see his fucking rally but it's another to like, oh, well, you have to give me 10% of your income for the rest of your life if you really want to prove that you're here for me, you know, ride or die. Um, well, I mean, then... I feel like he doesn't even have to force them, Amanda. They give donations. <laughs> right. Well, that's like big companies and corporations and billionaires, not just like regular ass people. People just give money to him. It's like, why? Does he need right. it? He's supposed to be like a billionaire. No, yeah. I mean, he's filed for bankruptcy like four times. Anyway, um, but like I've also read like the point that you made about how the people who are into Scientology are like in it all the way. And they're like super like, how can we how could we get the people who, you know, run our country to respect our policies that way and stuff and it's like well i read that like the way that americans view patriotism and other countries view patriotism is very different where like in america it's like um you know you hang a flag from your souped up fucking pickup truck or you um 
you know, don't fucking wear a mask to Walmart because you think you're being patriotic towards <laughs> your president. It's freedom. Right. But, like, other countries are like, oh, well, we don't really need to, like, parade around with our flag or anything. We just, you know, we want our, we want our fellow, you know, we want our neighbors and our communities to be wealthy and healthy and successful. And so they're like, yeah, we will pay extra taxes so that everybody can have universal health care. Or, yeah, you know, it's like they want to take care of each other. And that's how they show patriotism. Where in America, it's like, it's like a it's very divided you know right it's like all for one it's yeah. all for your you know it's definitely less community oriented um for sure and i mean if you think there's not that much of a like divide between cults and communes you know they mm. go hand in hand and i feel like what is the like what is the base word for commune community or <laughs> i think i said that backwards the base word for community is commune. And yeah. I feel like, you know, it's just a step, like community is just a step away from a fucking commune, but it's basically just like all working together and living cohesively. And we are not doing that in our country, yeah. like at all. And I mean, it's sad and it's scary, but I mean, I feel like, you know, it it is, it's just, it's so much harder to sell someone on the idea of like putting in money for the better of the whole because we've been burned so many times every time our taxes go up we don't directly benefit from that the people at the top just happen to make more you know what I mean it just it seems like I I feel like people are willing to do it people are willing to pay a little bit more if they don't have to pay for health insurance anymore the amount that you pay in like if I paid like five percent of my wages to um like government subsidized health insurance compared to the $400 a month that I pay for health insurance at a private company, I feel like I would be saving money. So it's like if they just raised taxes and I didn't have that whopping fucking bill every month and I knew that I could go to the doctor for free every time I needed something, I feel like I would go to the doctor much more regularly. And like, you know, like not having to worry about if my prescriptions are going to be covered. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just, I feel like people are willing to pay for it, but they've just been lied to so many times in the past. Oh yeah. Taxes are going up so that we can, the roads will be better. The school systems will be better. Listen, every, okay. Illinois owes every driver a fucking front alignment because I can't <laughs> I there's the roads. I was on fucking 55 today and there's this pothole and I always know it's coming and I always try to like avoid it but and I'm and my car is pretty good about handling potholes and this one just like I'm like this is it this is my I popped a tire I'm dead this is it it's terrible <laughs> yeah oh my god so Brian and I drove um to up to you guys this past weekend and the border between Missouri and Illinois, like you can literally fucking feel it. The roads <laughs> are just like peeling. It's crazy. Like you can In see which, on which side, Illinois side. Yes. The <laughs> Illinois side. It, as soon as you cross the fucking bridge, Amanda, there are just like patches of uh-huh. area missing from the road where it's just like the underlayment, you know, like the gritty, like tar and chip that they put down before the fucking blacktop. I'm yep. like, what is this? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I cannot believe like, well, yeah, I guess we've entered Illinois now. Yep. Like what? In the fuck oh and then um toll booths 
Um, most toll booths. <laughs> can we talk about this? Most toll booths in Illinois are privately owned. So the money you spend every time you go through that toll doesn't actually go to the roads. It goes into somebody's pocket. Oh, my God. Did you know this? No. Isn't that fucked up? We should own a toll booth. You know how much money we would make? Right. Why not? Um, like, who is it benefiting? Just us. It's fine. <laughs> right. We own this road? Just I me. thought it was supposed to be public property. Right. The roads are supposed to be owned by the city, not by an individual person. I mean, it's not, but the toll booth is. And you can't cross. You, if you don't. If you don't, what is it? You don't. If you pay don't the pay toll, the troll toll. If you don't pay the toll, I don't get no rolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what a nightmare! Yeah, um, this whole place is fucked. Yeah, so, so it's I definitely thinking, concerning. I keep wishing I wouldn't have bought a house because I want to move to like Denmark <laughs> or fucking Holland. If you their know? language wasn't so different. It's, I mean, most of them speak English anyway, so I, I feel like, and also uh, Dutch is very similar. They're, a lot of their words are really similar to English words, so it's, it's not horribly hard. I'm just not language-oriented. I'm English-oriented. Right? I know. <laughs> I'm just, other languages, I'm, I'm all right. I know a little bit of Spanish, <laughs> very minimal. I know a little bit of sign language, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I know a few words in Dutch, but, you know, not a whole lot. I don't know, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I could, if I could just get up and move and to a different country at this point, I feel like I sh- I would, because I can't afford health insurance anymore, dude. I went to um, um, I go to pre- or pre- fucking physical therapy, and they were like, oh, you don't have a copay. It looks like you're deductible and your copay, everything's all taken care of. Like you have zero dollars, and they were like, did you have a baby this year? And I'm like, nope, I just see a lot of fucking doctors. I paid, I pay almost $400 a month yeah, just that's for the about insurance. Average. And my uh, deductible and all that bullshit out-of-pocket cost was 10 grand altogether. So every month I pay $400, plus I've already paid 10 grand. <laughs> oh my God. And now my insurance kicks in. It's like, wow, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> It's so oh fucked up. Oh, my God. And it's like, I, I don't have a job right now. I mean, the studio is open back up, but <clears throat> I only, I'm taking over one of um, the other Silk's teachers. I'm taking over her class for this session because she is going on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have my class. But only one of my students said that they're coming back. Yeah. Um, so. Will she come to the class that you're already teaching? I don't know. Like, it's going to be, it's like, is that uh, considered a private lesson then? Does, does she have to pay more? <laughs> I would say no. She already registered for it. And they right, said that they yeah. were kind of just, like, letting people make up classes whenever they wanted, yeah, right? Like, well, because we have to, like, only have a couple people in the room at a time because we right. don't want to, like, overcrowd with the whole COVID thing. I feel like that would be better than just have one person, like, I don't Yeah, know. but we're also not allowed to spot Oh, unless, yeah, that's unless it's like an emergency, like if they're actively going to fall, like I need to catch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, don't do anything dangerous. But it's like if some people, you know, aren't comfortable going upside down and it's like I like to hold them the first time they go upside down because as an adult, when's the last time that you inverted, Taryn? Oh, my God. I mean, on dad's <laughs> back stretcher. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like <laughs> safely strapped in, you know. Right. Dude, that is so true. Um. 
That is really true. I was going to say, like, I don't know if you could wear, like, gloves. I know you can't actively go on the silk, but I feel like when they're practicing, you're probably not up there, too. It's like... Right. Yeah. I don't know. No, I usually just demonstrate and then, like, talk them through it as they do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. God. That's crazy. But I'm really out of shape right now, too. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I won't be doing much. Uh, But it's... So, like, teaching a beginner class isn't hard on me. Like, it doesn't take much for me to teach somebody how to do a footlock and how to do, like, basic beginner moves. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm worried about the class that I take because my silks teacher, her name is Rachel, she kicks my ass every time. And it's just like, dude, I don't know if I can handle the tricks that you make me do in this class. Maybe you can, like, stay there and practice after class. (laughs) I can certainly do that. And it's like I have my own rig at home, but it's so freaking hot out all the time. I'm like, I I don't even want to go out there. Like, I stick to it and everything. I'm like, I can't even climb this thing. I was sweating (laughs) taking the garbage out today. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 10 feet. (laughs) Dude, I mean, it's, like, around the other side of the building. It's, like, kind of a hike, but it was, like, 930 (laughs) in the morning, and it was already 85 degrees out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was 90. I think it was 97 or 98 when I got home today oh my god yeah I went to the grocery store today and it was just like hot as balls yeah I mean it's Um, kind of sad that global warming has gone on the wayside with all the other issues another big issue that I would like to bring to the forefront they have found at least 150 dead um elephant carcasses throughout Botswana in the last couple of weeks and their population is like only 2,000 total. What is happening? What's killing them? They don't know. So they say that one of the things that has happened in the past is that like poachers will poison the feet like the lakes or whatever in the area the watering holes with cyanide because they want they want to like you know steal their carcasses or whatever. But so Evil. But the thing is, because they said that a lot of them were found near their watering holes. Right, but, but why aren't other animals <clears throat> dying? That's exactly it. They said that there weren't any other animals dying in the area. And they didn't find, like, any, what, like, disturbed carcasses or whatever. You know, like, none of right, them have they been, were like, already... fucked with. Yeah. Right. So they have no idea what's going on. But it's really, really sad. Like, they had a bunch of, like, Aww. aerial, like, drone pictures of just, like, ugh sad skinny like ugh. what a nightmare i wonder what the fuck is going on they're just so big it's like so sad i don't right. know and you know they're like a hundred years old <laughs> i i don't know if they get to be that old <laughs> i thought they were like ancient they were like turtles am i wrong i don't know i don't think so i feel like maybe they lived to be like 30 at the most really i don't know why i, I don't know always well like i know wise i know horses are pretty big and they they usually live to be about like in their 20s like if they live a good long life but wow i don't know i feel like uh, an elephant isn't that much bigger than a horse i mean i suppose it fucking is i'm sorry dude I yeah i have said that i feel <laughs> stupid maybe like a clydesdale <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know nothing about nothing it's sad yeah i mean i don't don't know i don't know what could be doing it but it's devastating yeah that's really sad those poor elephants you know know. how to say elephant in dutch how olifant olifant (laughs) olifant that's a word i know i'm ready for my zoo trip (laughs) oh good (laughs) 
Um, all right. Well, anyway, have you been inspired? Are you ready I to, have. to tackle yes, I'd the like rest to of Scientology? Learn, Good learn more about Clearwater. And then what's the guy's name whose wife disappeared? David Miscavige. He's the leader okay. now. There's a bunch oh, of information God. on him. Oh, he's yeah. the abusive fucker? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look into him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he sounds evil. I'm not going to enjoy this. Yeah, he's <laughs> awful. Um, and I mean, like I said, if you can check out like an episode of the Leah Remini show, definitely do. It's very yeah. interesting. And I feel like it'll kind of give you an idea of like the harassment that these poor people go through like while they're in the church and once they leave, you know, they're not yeah. allowed to talk, to stay in touch with any of their family. Like it's oh really God. sad. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. There's lots of shady shit going on in Scientology. It's fucking... Like, I just... It makes me wonder, like, what kind of information did they dig up on these people that they had such a hold over them that they were like, hey, like, you know, we want all of these stipulations to be met and we want to be tax-exempt. But, I mean, I guess they did drop 200 lawsuits. But, I mean, good God. They essentially blackmailed the IRS into making them (laughs) tax-exempt. I mean, the IRS, I think, is inherently kind of evil, but absolutely, that's, that's pretty fucked up to like. It's just, it's. I mean, be able it's, to get away with that. Exactly. I mean, it just seems like it's a it's blatant like, disregard of the law. Like, like blackmail is say, illegal. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but I feel like these are both of our enemies. <laughs> like, no shit. Scientology doesn't sound like a a peaceful, happy organization. Right. Full of love and light. And neither does the IRS. (laughs) So, I mean, they can duke it out on their own, I guess. Damn, yeah. Destroy each other. It's tough. There's a lot. Um, Yeah. This was fun. All right. Well, anyway, let me know when you want to record again. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do the thing. All right. Conspiracy Sisters Unite. Conspiracy Sisters Unite. All right. Love you. Hey, uh, oh, uh, like and subscribe to our shit. We're on Apple Podcast, Twitter, and the Instagram. And we have a Facebook group. Conspiracy <laughs> Sisters. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.